Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I've got with me Lisa Stones. So Lisa is the Operations Manager at Mortgage First, and she's involved in the day-to-day running of the mortgage brokers. So the whole team, there's 43 of them, I think. So by the time this goes out, there might be a few more, you never know. So Lisa's job is to make sure the company runs as efficiently as possible. Now, the reason I wanted to get Lisa on today was firstly to bring attention to successful women in the industry. And Lisa's got an announcement about uh, an award that she's that she's won, which is incredible. But I also wanted to speak to her about how Lisa, she's bringing financial education to local schools. And Lisa's kind of going to talk through the steps of how she's got into the schools and what she talks about on, on the day-to-day basis with these schools. So you could do the same in your local area. So I know this is going to bring so much value to people because it's something I'm a huge believer in, talking about financial education in schools, but it'd be great to get some of the mortgage brokers on board as well. So without further ado, I welcome Lisa onto the podcast. Thanks very much for coming on, Lisa. Hello, thank you for having me. You found a room away from the office of Yes, I'm in the room and uh, I've got the window shut so it's not too noisy. So uh, so I'm going to be melting by the end of this. <laughs> we, before this started, actually, we were talking about hay fever, weren't we? That we've just been it's been struggling today. And that's it. We, you know, we moan when it's hot. <laughs> yeah. we, we love it when it's hot as well. So, yeah, exactly. so more than first, they've actually got, because we've had... Um, We've had John Stone on the podcast. We've had Paul Lewis as well. And Lisa and I started chatting about socials a while ago. And uh, you were just like, I'm really up for this. I want to speak about women in the industry because it's it's something that I'm quite passionate about speaking because there's nobody out there that is talking about this. And there's a reason that you are in the industry because you've won an award, haven't you? Yeah, so um, just found out um, I've been named as an elite woman in the industry. Um, so um, Mortgage Introducer wanted to produce a list of elite women in the industry to sort of recognise women that are doing different things, whether for their communities or, um, you know, to raise awareness of women in the industry or diversity, whatever it may be. Um, and I've also been put forward and, and been named, I think there's 64 of us in, in the list. So, uh, yeah. so no, it's amazing, really. And, and, and my background isn't financial services. To, so to be recognised that when I'm not an advisor I've not got CMAP I've you know I've not been in this industry I've been in this industry for six years so not a long time at all um so it's amazing to be, to be recognized so you're obviously making making an impact and and this is exactly why I wanted to get somebody like you on that's really passionate about the subject because it just proves that there isn't just one way into the financial services industry you don't a lot of people might think I have to get your CMAP, do your mortgage broker appointment, sell protection, build a business. It, it doesn't happen like that. You can go in and, and you can actually run the business because you've been in this in this kind of industry because you have those skills, don't you, from previous experience in other. And I'd love to talk about this because we were talking about this before you came on. Talk to us about how you started in work and how you've got into mortgage first. So 16 Saturday job, Topshop. Um, 
to fit around sort of college and I worked, stayed with Topshop all through university. Um, I did fashion marketing at university. So that was kind of where I was aiming for at that point um, to go into sort of the business side of fashion um, and worked my way up to brand manager. So I went and supported the opening of, we at the time we was opening um, Derby and Nottingham, we're turning into giga stores they were called at the time. So there was not the mega store, they were, they were the biggest, stores in the in the in the in the country so I went and sort of helped launch those stores um and then I left retail and set up my own wedding planning business so a complete shift wow. change um I always wanted sort of my own business and and I, I felt like I'd reached my limit I suppose with with retail and it's got to a point and and I suppose thinking of what's happened over the last couple of years I put myself back in retail and think what situation would I be in now so in some ways I'm, I'm quite grateful for those choices I made back then so I set up my own wedding planning company and did that for about eight years working with couples all over the country that wanted to come to Derbyshire to get married and I'd sort everything out for them and it was amazing when it was just John and I um, and we had no kids I could be at a wedding till midnight and it didn't matter uh... Once we started to think about family, and this actually coincided with John launching Mortgage First. So, right. first, uh, uh, John launched it in 2008, and it was just him for the first five years. So, that's when I was still doing my weddings alongside that. Um, then we had our little boy. Um, so, again, life just changes completely. Um, mm -hmm. so slowed down a little bit and worked at a, at a boutique hotel as one of their wedding coordinators. So, still. Uh, right but in a, a bit more of a controlled way rather than sort of my own business. And then John got to a point with Mortgage First where he'd taken on his first administrator and the first two or three advisors. And he just, he couldn't do everything. He was working six days a week. And, and at this point we had two young children. Um, so he sort of said, come and work with me. Let's do it together. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did quit, quit the, quit my job and not look back since um so my background isn't obviously um isn't obviously financial services but all the skills from retail and, and events they're all transferable so mm. service um team management um organization it's the, the same skills i had i'm just doing them within financial services now so so yes I've, i'm not an advisor and yes i've not got the cmap and to be honest it was maybe difficult initially because I was managing people who knew more than I did and subjects yeah wasn't an advisor and I wasn't a, an administrator but I was managing those people um and it, it was quite hard initially I'd say but what I think John and I have both realized over the years is that being a leader it's not about knowing everything or being good at everything you find people and bring people into your company that are good at the things you're not and that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. You know, things that we're both, our hands both, we just make rubbish at that. We, we're not very good at that. But we know what we're not good at and we, we stick with those, we stick in those lanes, I suppose. Stay, you know, it's the same, stay, stay in your lane and do what you're good at. So, um, so yeah, the skills have transferred them over and, and sort of they've seen me through to, to where I am today. So talking about where you are today, because it is, you can see how you're obviously very good at organisation because mm -hmm. wedding planning and especially setting up stores and I know how many moving bits there are with that 
what does your day-to-day -day look like to give somebody um, an insight that might think in getting into the industry but doesn't maybe want to go down the traditional mortgage broker route? What does your day-to-day -day look like at the minute? So it has evolved massively over the years. Initially, when I with the company, I very much helped John with the day-to-day -day management um, of you know, paying bills, sorting out the commissions, making sure we had coffee in the office, all the little things that come with the day-to-day -day running. And it's evolved into um, being the sort of operations director now. Of, I still oversee all the finance. I still kind of manage the accounts department and, and all the money coming in and out. So I'm, I am in control of the, of the purse strings, that, so John always says. Um, but I'm still responsible for all the marketing. So everything you see out on social is all me. Um, but it's... Every day is so different. So today, spinning so many plates. It is, it? and you know, one minute I'm sorting out some commission sort of queries. Then we're on a meeting with our network, discussing sort of growth and the plans, and I'm catching up with um, our head of um, development, and we're looking at the onboarding, and I'm sorting out the contracts and the HR. You know, doing sort of HR elements of of, of the business as well. Um, and and I, but I am still the events organizer here, so I organize Christmas parties and. Um, our conference and, and our summer party that we have in in July, the, the M1 Fest. So I'm still kind of going back to my event wedding planning days and pulling on all my old contacts to, to, to pull the event together. So, um, but yeah, we've got, we encourage um, entry-level people into our business that don't know the industry. They come in, whether as an administrator or um, as an apprentice and sort of work their way up and we teach them and, and actually, those people potentially are going to make amazing advisors one day want to do that because they've learned absolutely everything. They've learned what it's like to sit on hold to the free legals and, and they've learned what it's like to deal with the, um, the estate agents and the lenders and, and the sorting the bank statements. You know, they've experienced all of that. Um, and then if they want to progress and do the CMAP and then we'll, we're right behind them. What what I really like, and we spoke about this before we came on the podcast, is that you you said we will hire people that don't have any experience because you you've done exactly the same. So it's it's almost like a lot of companies, and there's no right or wrong way of doing it, but a lot of companies will be like, right, we want a fully trained mortgage broker purely because so we can bring them in and they come with their own back book and mm -hmm. we can let them do what they need to do. Because as a mortgage broker, you're very busy. Whereas the way that you set up the structure at mortgage first is you've got all the support and the different levels which enables somebody to come in brand new that mm -hmm. you can devote the time to train them yeah. and that's something that needs to be shouted about that look you don't have to have any experience in this industry but we can get you to Absolutely. that Absolutely, and we you know we do both you know we we look for experienced advisors who come in we've got for going through the application process at the minute, they come in, hit the ground running, start writing business. Mm -hmm. And we've got a, a 19 year old apprentice downstairs who is doing his business administration course with us yeah. in advisor. So let's see how his journey evolves over the next couple of years. We've got a couple of ladies who have been with us five or six years now and have worked up through different roles. So they're in sort of senior positions now and sort of over teams of administrators or looking after the accounts. So there's different avenues. It's not all about being a broker. It's not all about being an admin. There's other there's other things within that. So um, so yeah, to anybody who wants to get into the industry, 
there's there's ways in ways in yeah don't think that don't think that it's a direct you have to be a broker and that's it there's loads of different opportunities especially if you want you're you are a woman in the industry because it's something that I'm really passionate about and, and bringing people to the forefront, but it's, it's getting more women into the industry that it's not all kind of like old guys in white suit. You know what I mean? Old no. white guys in, in suits anymore in old gray suit. No. doesn't, it's not no. sat in a bank you've got, and I'm sure you're probably the same in your company. There's probably some of my clients that kind of caps and tattoos and beards and yeah. chilling on the sofa while she's doing an appointment. And that's the way business, that's who I would like to do business with. Yeah, it really, it doesn't matter. And, and having that, that split team, that split sort of workforce that we've got the men and the women, I'm always aiming for that 50, 50. We don't want more than one of the other. Um, we want both because everybody brings something to the table. So, and actually at the minute, I think we've got a few more women than men actually with the, on the latest headcount, but, um, and it's women in all departments we've got here as well. It's not just, you know, the women are the admin and the men are the advisors. We've got some fantastic female advisors. We've got lads in the admin team. You know, we've got um, senior managers, men and women, you know, and that's what we want. And that's what we always, I think, I think this is, this is how the industry make, starts to make the change. It's maybe it's firms like us and lenders at the ground up, encouraging women in and allowing them women to progress and not putting the barriers up and, and having women in the, the junior management roles or the sort of senior roles that then eventually they're then the next generation of female leaders in the industry. It's got mm-hmm. to start at the ground. It's got to start with grassroots. Leaders, you know, let, let's get let's encourage the, the females and the young girls leaving school. It's not, you know, let's firms like us, we can show them that there are women in the industry. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was at an, an awards do recently and, and I was quite shocked actually how the, the ratio of men to women, you know, I, there are some, there's so many amazing women in the industry that I've met and there's some that I, I can't wait to meet, but there's, it's so still male heavy. It is, yeah. It's, it's it's that industry, isn't it? But it'll take a few years, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that people. I want to make it very open that there are women in the industry. That yeah. I mean, you're in the way I want it to be is that the people I have on the podcast, your inbox is open. If there's somebody of thinking getting into the industry, or there's a girl that's an admin that's thinking of becoming a mortgage broker, and come to you and go, look, what what do I actually do? How do I yeah. get there? What yeah. steps? Because my company hasn't given me the that opportunity to do it but yeah. they could look up to you and go wow like yeah. i'd like to be lisa one day running the show do you know what yeah. i mean and, yeah. and be able to manage everyone but that that's it's something that i'm going to be talking about quite a bit but it's great to hear it from you but what i want to get on to what i'm really excited to speak about because i've been a huge advocate of this is getting financial education in schools because once you told me this, I was like, Lisa, I could have you on the podcast for hours, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to try and get it in for the next kind of 18 <laughs> minutes. So talk about how how did it start and what do you do when it comes to financing schools? I think it's it's always been something I've wanted to do. Thinking back, I actually wanted to be a teacher when I was okay. at school myself. It was always a career that I suppose a lot of youngsters, it's one of the only careers they're yep. aware at that stage so I think I did want to be a teacher um and it was during one of the lockdowns that I kind of sat and spent because obviously the, the world wasn't as crazy busy so we kind of paused a little bit so I sat and sort of wrote 
what might a lesson look like mm-hmm. and the world started to open up a little bit I went to a, a networking event and, and met um, a head teacher at one of our local schools got chatting to him and suggested my idea of a mortgage lesson for the schools and was like amazing put me in touch with um, yeah. his careers lead they're called the lady who manages all their sort of careers and work experience and and I worked with her developed the lesson so I wanted to make sure it was pitched right it had the right tone you know making sure it the right time length and what did the powerpoint need to include you know all these different things I obviously I've never done it before so uh, they were great in helping it sort of come to life and then I delivered it um I think it was two years ago now the first first lot of lessons and we did the whole year group but we do it do it in classroom classroom sessions so it's a bit more interactive so um we've actually done some just last week at another local school um and we've actually taken over their maths lesson because we've, we're tying it in okay wow but each school has actually done it slightly differently so one school we just we took over their personal development lesson so it was about careers and future planning another school had um a life day so we went for the whole day and did the entire year group throughout the day um and that they was also doing things like um talking to colleges and universities and we were there as a careers and finance planning so um so we deliver it in the classroom and um i try and make it as real as i I can so i always include the house that's for sale in the town where the school is Mm -hmm. we've just done half the kids went oh that's my mate's house Uh, okay so it was a house that was on the street of where the school was. So, so it, it makes it real. You know, we weren't, we weren't talking about this fantasy house in London with a swimming pool. You know, it was yeah. real for them. And, and we talked about how much that house was, how much it would cost, different salaries, what, what you'd need to earn to be able to get a mortgage. What it oh, would. so it's actually, sorry to interrupt you, it's actually talking through how a mortgage works. Yeah, yeah. What so we, we go through the basics of sort of what a mortgage is and we get them to... And, and it, I'm so amazed by how much the kids knew, you know, the, the 13, 14 year olds. And, and thinking back to when I was that age, I don't think I have it. I had an idea what what even the word was or meant, yeah. alone, you know, what it referred to. Um, so then we talk about um, we do some sort of scenarios and different salaries and different deposits. And then ha- we, we get them to sort of do some math. So it ties into their sort of curriculum. Right. Um, then we look at, but then we also look at financial implications of credit and not paying things on time. And, and you can just see their mind, you know, they sit there and, you know, some of them are messing about. There's always a few in every class that are at the back, but you can just see that it's sort of making sense to them. And, mm. and the teacher recently where we've just done it said it, it just ticked so many boxes because it's, it's tying into maths and, and real life maths and finance, yeah. but it's also that sort of, aspirations of you know at the end of the lesson we go on right move and we look at houses for sale and we, we know we're silly and put the budget to nothing and you know that we're looking at 50 million pound houses but raising those aspirations to say to the kids well that's great but this is how much that would cost yeah feel for them and, and you know and you can really see that it's it sort of hopefully sinking in um but even if and i've said this every time even if just a handful of kids remember something i said Mm-hmm. And, it, and you know and they don't miss the mobile phone payment you know and, and, yeah. and the little things and I said that's the first piece of credit that you'll probably have is a mobile phone on contract and 
and just making it real for them as, as it can. So, um, you know. That's really, I, I love that it's real life examples because I, I thought before coming on this podcast, it was you stood up at the front of the class and went, right, this is what a mortgage is. This is what it does. This is what you need to do, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. for kids, that can be quite boring. But what you're actually doing is you're bringing it to life. And well, that's what the best teachers always did, wasn't it? That's why yeah. you'd always enjoy chemistry so much because they blow stuff up at the front of the yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It was, it's real life learning and using. But that's it. At the end of it, we're, we're house shopping, you know, and we're putting into yeah. um, locations and we're looking at houses and then they go, oh my gosh, why is that one that much? And we discuss um, average house prices as well. And the faces, I always get them to all guess what the average house price is in the UK. Um, and they're, the, the range is ridiculous. You know, some are saying 3,000 and some are saying 3 million. So, you know, but the majority of sort of there, thereabouts. And, and, but they can't quite believe it as well when we say, yeah, at the minute it's just under 300,000 on average. It's yeah. crazy, you know, and, and um so really? that's it. we just try and make it as real yeah. as possible and and the fact that um myself and I always take a colleague with me and there's all the, the two of us that go it's been women every time so again oh, okay. to sort of also talk about because at, at the end of it we talk about careers in our industry as well so hopefully just the fact that this the, those of us that are there are women um we're talking about what we do and we're talking about the different careers again hopefully it's encouraging some of those students to maybe contact us about an apprenticeship or you know yeah that's it so we can sort of tick in that box as well of you know we're raising the the awareness of our industry that it is for women look at us you know we're here stood in front of you um you know talking about talking about what we do so but I absolutely love it I I come out of the lesson and I'm I'm kind of buzzing you know I've got that feeling and just think I've done my little bit you know it just feels so I just wish I could and make 10 more of me and, and do as many schools as possible. But that's the plan we want to sort of cascade across all the schools in our area. So, um, and the Derbyshire Careers Hub, um, they've contact, contacted me recently and, and asked me to become an enterprise advisor. So what that means is they're gonna partner me with a school um, and I'm gonna help that school with their careers program and, and sort of linking employers and future jobs and things. So. You know, I, I just love it. You know, I think I'm I'm just secretly wanting to be a teacher, really. So <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like it's yeah, it's gonna be the more the mortgage first school school we lease. I've got so many questions that I want to ask you about this, but I think the the first one I'd like to ask is well, how how long is the lesson to start with? How long do you have with the students? So they're either 50 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it's a proper lesson. Yeah, proper lesson. Not as if you're just doing a presentation for ten minutes. No, full on lesson. So we do sort of a bit of an intro. We talk about us. We talk about what a mortgage is, um, and then we go into the the sort of maths exercise where they're working out cost mm-hmm. of mortgage, um, and then we kind of discuss it, and then it then it tends to lead into lots of questions of, oh, my dad's got a buy to let, and oh, you know, they all start shouting things out. So it tends to lead into all sorts of discussions about credit cards and all sorts. So we just go with the flow at that point. Um, and then we always finish on the, the house shopping at the end. So love that. And do you think something like that could be done virtually? Yeah, I think so. We did discuss it um, during the sort of lost track, but one of the lockdowns we discussed it because we, we, we were planning to go into the course, school. yeah. Um, and we 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 were going to do it um, going to do it virtually, but I think 
I suppose you get the, you would get the best from it being in front of the kids. Yeah. You can see the one that wants to ask something but don't put the hand up, and and the ones that always shout out, I'll always pick on them, and you know, and and, sort mm-hmm. and ask them to do something for me. So I think you get much more interaction and the sort of back and forth if you're in front of them, and they're just a normal classroom size. So between sort of twenty and thirty, I'd say in there. But there's always a teacher with me, so they help if there's anybody. Yeah, that will be silly. That's why I asked that because I think something like that, <coughs> excuse me, done virtually, I don't think it has the same no. punchiness. No. You know what I mean? With you being at the front of the class, going on right move on the screen, and as yeah. you said, calling the students out. I just think that interaction is so important, especially with what kids have been through over the last couple of years with COVID. To have somebody in there, for me, if I was, if I had a day at school, I'd be like, oh well, I've got, I've got English first period, I've got PE, I've got science, but then fourth period, I've got a lady coming in to talk to me about mortgages and credit, and that would be yeah. quite yeah. sad, it, really. But it yeah. would be quite interesting to me because I would think, ah, oh, this is actually something that's a life skill rather than kind of like learning about Shakespeare or something. And, and that's, that's it. They the, and the, the kids obviously say, I, I sort of hear them saying, oh, this is better than maths, and yeah, because it's real life. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it and I, you know I try and make it as real as possible, and and some of it might be scary for them because it is scary, and I, I often say that our advisors have to explain this to adults on a daily basis, and most adults don't fully understand the the whole. Yeah, world. good point. So for you guys to understand it a little bit is amazing. So you know, and you, anything you can take away, take away into the future, it is brilliant. So. So what would you say to a mortgage broker? Because I've spoken to loads of mortgage brokers that would love to do this. Where do you, if you're a brand new broker, what steps would you take to get your first lesson in a school? I think it's you just need to start locally and contact your local school or maybe go to some sort of networking events. Because lots of the networking I do locally, there is always somebody from schools there because, you know, the schools want to work with employers and, you know, to help their children, you know, work experience and things. So you will often find somebody from schools there. Obviously, LinkedIn's great. You can search sort of schools and things on there. Yeah. People who work with work within schools, um, and just approach them. But it is about those relationships. You, you, like anything, you've you've got to get on well with these people. You know, you've got to have that good relationship that they want you to come into school. So straight away, if they get an impression of you and think, really, you know, don't trust them or don't like because yeah, you're going into somewhere that exactly. So you know, you've got to come across in a way that you seem like you you genuinely care and you're not just doing it for um you know a sort of pat on the back you're genuinely trying to help sort of thing I think schools will quite quickly realize you know yeah you're just there for the business as as a side as a side benefit of course it's going to get you more business because you're it only takes a conversation for your for the son or daughter in the class to go and speak to their parents to say oh we had so much mortgage first and they're like oh right that's easy because they don't have to go and hunt out a mortgage broker they know that somebody has been in the school that the school trust teach their children well that's the mortgage company i'm going with compared to smith's mortgages who i've never really had any dealings with and that's it there's no financial gain to us it was never about you know something from the schools or anything that you know that's not what you go into it for naturally as a byproduct yes you you know it, it's a great story to talk about um we got through for, for the NatWest local hero awards because of it um, uh, yeah. I, I presume it's had a, an influence on the elite woman award that I've, I've got through for because 
they're all things that um that they're a do good aren't they we, you know it's a great thing that we're doing um but actually funny enough the the school i was at recently at the end of the lesson the teacher said i'm actually using you for my mortgage and if you name the that's as well what a small world and, and he'd come through one of our local estate agent partners so um and the thing is you're in there that all the teachers in that school yeah. well the majority sorry the majority will need mortgages yeah if you're visible uh, yeah. every two how often do you do these classes lisa um so we've done so over the last 18 months we've been to four schools now so because we're doing it for the year group we tend to so my colleague and i was there last week and we were again there this friday um, and we did four classes and then we do another four classes. So it's not a massive commitment, you know, it's yeah, it's it's just maybe a few hours every couple of months, you know, and it does depend on each school because some schools tie it in with their um September personal development corp se- session. Right, okay, yeah. This this school recently they've tied it into maths and the other school that did sort of the the uh, they did a um, a life day, they called it. So it was all sorts of things. Um, that was that was in February. So you know it depends, and you've got to schedule it into our, our diaries. So, but I, we'd love to, and, and actually, more members of our team are wanting to get involved as well. So, a few of our team have approached me and said, "I'd like to do that next time we do it." So, and it's a great way, to, I suppose, for recruitment as well, isn't it? Yeah. Would yeah. I, as a mortgage broker, want to go and work for a company that does mortgages, and that's absolutely fine? But all would I go to a company that's integrated in the local community? Yeah. I've got a passion for helping children. Well, yeah. I'd rather go there because the yeah. in place. I, yeah. I, could, I could talk about this for hours, but I, I, want, to speak well. I want to speak about your social media as well, because you've been running the socials. And a big thing for me that I speak to a lot of our clients about is how you need to be social on social media. You upload a lot of personal content, like photos of the brokers. Can you explain to listeners why you do it, Lisa? Well, pe- people buy people, don't they? And ever since Mortgage First started, we've never really been a face-to-face broker. We've always worked remotely, which obviously set really well for when COVID hit. So yeah. our uh, process never didn't have to change. But, you know, we deal with hundreds of customers a month and they don't meet any of us. So we don't want yeah. us to think we're just this faceless sort of call centre sort of vibe. They, we want them to know that we're a nice bunch of people. Um, so to me the personal stuff is more important than interest rates and and yeah what gets the interaction from people who follow us that's what gets the comments and the likes and and it but like you say it also helps with recruitment because it, it shows that we're a nice place to work you know and everything we put on is genuine we we don't ever fake anything if you know what I mean we don't fake a photo of us all laughing in the office it's it's all just genuine stuff that we put out. So, hope you know, hopefully advisors or admin, admins or anybody who wanted to come into the industry sees that and thinks, oh, that's a nice person. That's enough. That's interesting you said that because we think of social media so much as a, as a business generation tool. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's quite important as a recruitment tool, isn't it? Like yes. you're uploading. And when you say you like to introduce the brokers to people and, and the admin staff and everybody in the team, what kind of content do you upload to get those results? So we're doing, um, we do a sort of meet the team Monday. So every Monday, um, we have got about the next six all lined up ready. Um, so every Monday, it's just a member of the staff, um, but it's a personal photo. It's not just the, the professional one that's on our website. It's okay. 
on their holiday or playing football or with the kids. Um, and then they just have to tell us their favourite things. So favourite food, holiday destination, just just it, it's almost a bit of fun. There's nothing serious to mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's just reminding people that we're just a nice bunch of people and we all love what we do and we're just trying to do a good thing. Um, when somebody new joins us, I always do a more of a formal introduction of welcome to the team. This is their history. Um, you know, this is what they're like doing at the weekends and stuff. Um, but I think the balance of the both, it's kind of real. You know, we're, we're yeah. just real people. Yeah. Um, with your social media content, do you find that one channel's better than the other for business gen or, or kind of recruitment? Or do you find that it's, it's across the board, it's split? So I think... Um, LinkedIn obviously is a recruit, ultimately it's a recruitment site, that, yeah. you know, a professional site. So a lot of our um, raising our, the awareness of our brand, we do through LinkedIn to, and mainly to attract, to attract new advisors and new team members to join us. Um, for, cust for customers, um, and yes, actually there, we do generate business through LinkedIn as well, because um, people who you naturally connect with, whether they're in our industry or not, need a mortgage at some point so you know it's the same sort of principle but customers ultimately it's the instagram and the facebook that we use to talk to the customer. you know we, we yeah use the tone slightly because we talk more industry on linkedin and we talk to the customer on on instagram and, and facebook and do you find I prefer instagram that is, is a personally i prefer instagram now i think facebook that's what I was going to say, because you're quite big on LinkedIn personally, aren't you? But I suppose that's for you from a business point of view. Yeah. You Instagram as an actual channel to consume content. Yes, I think Instagram. Um, and, and I always say this, that when I think back to sort of retail and, and weddings, those industries are very visual. There's always something you can take a picture of at a wedding or but our industry it's not very sexy it's not there's nothing boring isn't it that's the mortgage boring, industry. boring. Yeah. so that's why we do all the personal um meet the teams and oh i've bought everybody a coffee and donuts or we're yeah. having a barbecue at our house whatever we're doing we put that out there as the as the visual because you, you that's what instagram is isn't it instagram's yeah. so and that's what that's what that you say that personal content is something that you can talk about the company without talking about the products yeah. and that's yeah. why it does and this is why you're very big on it and I speak to a lot of people about it is you've got to be personal on social media you can't just upload everything about business because people will turn off yeah. but then you can't upload everything about personal really because people no, you've got to do both. What you actually do you've yeah. got to have that interspersed haven't you between yeah, the yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that brings the end of, to the end of the podcast. I could, I mean, if anybody does want to speak to Leisha about the schools, there's so many more things that we could have spoken about, but I wanted to keep it quite within this half an hour time range. But please, I'm sure Lisa would love to speak to people about it because you you can tell you're really passionate. It's, it's not as if you just turn up and have a presentation and do your 10 minutes. You are talking about maths. You're giving them shopping lessons. You're talking about credit. That's one thing I didn't say, actually, is in this age now where you can do everything on buy now pay later mm -hmm. it's a it's to encourage those people that buy now pay later isn't you've still got to pay for it yeah it yeah go and that, and that's, that's it it's not it, you know and we do talk about that and we talk about car loans and country you know mobile phone yeah. tracks and just to make it real and the things they will do the first 
you know, when they turn 18 or whenever they start to have those first pieces of credit, um, mm -hmm. you know, just so they're thinking and, and thinking of what those implications might be 15 years later when they want them to get a mortgage. And, and, it, and it is hard when you're that age because you don't really think, you don't think to the future, do you? But I'm sure there will be many people of our age thinking, I wish I would have just known X, Y, Z when I was in my early 20s or in my late teens and I would have, I would now be on the property ladder or I would now have savings, you know. So hopefully if we've just planted a seed with a few of them, then it's, then, you know, that's great. That's all. Awesome. Planting that seed, isn't it? Lisa, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really do appreciate it. And anybody go and go in there, drop Lisa a message. I'm sure she'll talk you through uh, what success she's had with the schools. But as a thank you, I'd like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice, Lisa. So which charity would you like us to donate to? Um, so cancer research, if that's okay, um, it, you may have seen on social media, um, a group of us did the pretty mudder, um, not long 5k. So we got very muddy and ran around an obstacle course and, uh, you know, to raise a bit of it. Yeah. So yeah, a donation to that would be brilliant. Fantastic. I'll make that donation and congratulations on your award. It's thoroughly deserved from listening to what you've been doing in the industry. It's incredible. Please connect with Lisa and have a chat. We, I think you'll realise both Lisa and I love to talk, so I'm sure we'll have a, you'll have a good conversation with her. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Lisa. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Bye-bye. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.